You're listening to Redemption City Church. For more information, check us out at redemptioncitychurch.com. I hit it last week just with really kind of trying to lay a scriptural. Whoa. <laughs> just trying to lay kind of a biblical foundation really for what the norm is from, from a salvation and a baptism in the Holy Spirit perspective is. And we landed with this teaching of, uh, of Peter's in Acts chapter 2 where he actually explains Pentecost. And he really makes it clear in the last days, so he's talking about from Pentecost until the return of Christ, he's saying, I will pour out my spirit on all people. And really, he, it's, the great, it's, a, it's the great leveler, if you want to put it, put it like that. He says, on my sons and daughters. And so he crosses the kind of gender or sex space, right, this, the, the sex gap. On my sons and daughters, on my young men and old men, right? He crosses the age difference. Is this too close to my, to my face? He crosses kind of the age boundary. Um, you know, it's in the context of, uh, of, of Passover that's happening in the city, and when, when the Holy Spirit breaks out, tongues is given, and, and people are hearing the glory of God in their own language, which is interesting because it crosses both the racial and the ethnic divides, Right? And so you really, you see, and, and the bottom line is too, is that it crosses the time divide. In other words, it's saying from Pentecost until the return of Christ. There's no, there's no kind of, well, it was for a season and that season is over. Actually, this scripture very clearly defines the dispensation. It says from Pentecost until Christ comes back. And so it really does a, a great job in terms of just setting the bar for us. And uh, what we tried to cover last week was really just looking, you know, looking from Pentecost forwards, you realize that the norm was that salvation and baptism in the Holy Spirit happened at the same time. Well, they, they, except for those first disciples, that the norm was that when you get saved, God actually wants to redeem you, but not just redeem you, wants to empower you for the task that he's called you to. It's both and. It's Egypt, come out of Egypt, but it's also go into the promised land. And so uh, I'm actually going to ask Logan to come up for a second. <laughs> and so we, uh, we worked through some of these things on... Uh, uh, over our leadership summit, and obviously just have seen a number of guys break through. And so, Logan, tell us, uh, how many of you know Logan? Everyone know Logan? <laughs> okay. uh, Logan and Beth and their two little ones. Oscar has to be about the cutest kid there is around, um, and Led. So, Logan, you've been a believer for a while. Like, tell me, tell me a little bit about that. I uh, grew up in the, is this, is this on? Um, I grew up in the church, um, like, uh, yeah, just Christian family, um, had a, like, was baptized when I was 15 years old, um, and really kind of from that point forward, um, publicly declared Jesus as Lord and Savior of my, of my life, um, and the church I grew up in was more of a bulletin church, 
Um, the Sunday, what, was, what happened on Sunday was planned and didn't change from the Thursday the, uh, before when the bulletins were printed. And so I never really grew up understanding or knowing that baptism of the Holy Spirit was something. Um, and so I was baptized in the Holy Spirit at the Leadership Summit. So 15 years from accepting Jesus... Um, as Lord and Savior of my life, to then having baptism in the Holy Spirit happen 15 years later, and so, so, so Logan, what what has changed in the process? What what was that transaction like, and what has changed? Just I, in short, everything changed. Um, <laughs> the um, really like I mean, I've been going to this church for a few years now, and if you've spent any bit of time, you'd know that. This church is not like the church I grew up in. Um, you have amazing leaders who are constantly diving in and looking and uh, reaching out to God and the Spirit to lead the meetings, like just like this morning. And so um, I... Uh, Here, what would change, Tim? Yeah, and so I would say that the big thing is like, Lord is just push is just like way more on my heart. Um, just praying for things that just having things come to my heart that just wouldn't have before. Um, just about prayer for people, for things. Um, that's probably been the thing I've noticed the most. Um, but the other thing is just like increased power to continue to die, ha- have more discipline um, in reading and pursuing Jesus. Um, but also uh, like power of more power over sin to overcome that in my life and just awareness of things I didn't even know that were there. Um, and so just speaking a little bit about that time when the baptism of the Holy Spirit, like, hit me. Um, Andrew, like, during the leadership summit, there was just, right before it happened, I just felt the Lord say to me, like, I want you, whatever they're, they're going to call people to the front, whatever they're doing, you're going to do that. And so, um, and so I was like, okay, I, I'm going to do that. And so... Went up to the front and was just praying, like, and just like, Lord, I want this. Like, I want to receive this. Um, and Andrew came up to me and grabbed my head and um, was just like, you're in your head. And at that moment, I realized, like, it was just revealed to me that I had put up barriers that I didn't even know were there from receiving and l- fully walking in what the Lord had for me. Um, just because it was all through good intentions of wanting to be in control of myself, but I'd put that up enough where the Lord was like, you've placed this before me and in a way that is keeping me from allowing you to live what I want you to, how I want you to live. And so as soon as that happened, it was just like this spirit just came out of me um, and it was just gone. And so um, just... Thank you. I'm just so thankful um, and just so excited about um, what I now have the ability to walk in. That's awesome. Through Jesus. Sweet. Sweet. Thanks, Logan. A friend of mine used to say that there's something, you you know, being touched by the Holy Spirit is a little bit like being hit by a Mack truck, right? It's like when you get up, you walk different, you talk different, you look different. And it really is amazing to see Logan just just the fire of God burning, the fresh fire, right? 
Uh, I, see, I see Beth nodding her head. Um, and yeah, it is an amazing thing to see. And I think, I think the thing that I wanted to kind of lay in this morning is that if we've established from a biblical perspective that salvation and baptism in the Holy Spirit is the norm, if that is the norm, then what are the implications of that for us? And uh, the bottom line is this, is that um, we, we've got to kind of adjust the way we, in a sense, present the gospel or adjust our expectations in terms of the gospel, that we're actually anticipating radical converts. We're anticipating people that both understand redemption, but not just redemption, also understand the empowering of the Holy Spirit to do what you're called to do. And so when we, when we only present one facet of it, when we only present one side of it, when it's all about redemption and not about empowering, then, then in a sense we, are, we fall short of what the, gospel, the, the, the full weight of the gospel is, right? And so uh, last week I did touch on this, this, this transaction with Apollos and Paul, where Paul acts very deliberately to reset the norm, to say, you know what, actually... Salvation and empowering of the Holy Spirit is absolutely the norm. You know, we can't afford to dial that back. We can't afford to lower our expectations, right? And so really from a community perspective, what we're saying is we're saying we hit the reset button. And actually our anticipation is that when people come to Christ, actually they come to Christ, they come to salvation, God redeems them, but not only redeems them, He also empowers, right? He also pours out the gifts. And so the bottom line is that church community is always intended to be a supernatural community. That there is supernatural life at work in here. This is not just an organization. This is people redeemed by God, yes, made alive through the power of the Holy Spirit, but more than that, walking in something of eternal life. Eternal life doesn't happen one day when you die, right? Eternal life starts the day you give your life to Christ. And so it's starting to walk in that resurrection life from the day you first gave your life to Christ. I do believe, I mean, what's, what's interesting you know, in, in chatting to Logan is that I do believe God does not want us to wait 15 years, he doesn't want us to wait. Actually, it's for you day one. And let me say this. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are not for one day when you are mature enough. The gifts of the Holy Spirit have absolutely nothing to do with maturity, actually. It's a gift. You can't say, I earned this gift through my maturity. If, it, if you earned it, it's not a gift. So the, the, reality, the simple reality is that from day one, through the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit, someone that gets saved, a new believer, one day old, actually can be functioning in the gifts and, you know, you know, you know bringing prophetic words, etc., etc. And, and I think the, po- the point is that God wants this supernatural community. Um, you know, there have been a number of guys released in the gifts over the last couple of weeks, last month or so. And it's intriguing just to start to see the cascading impact of that. One person gets released in the gifts, and then suddenly it's like a fire that starts to catch on. And so, you know, just hearing some of the feedback from different guys and, and hearing about the different situations that are going on, whether that's small groups or on campuses or whatever, starting to hear that feedback, it's like, man, this is, this is amazing stuff. This is the way God intends us always to be. 
That wherever I go, I'm carrying something of the anointing and the life of God. Whether it's in a business meeting or at recess at school, doesn't matter. I'm carrying something of this anointing. And this anointing, this, this working and moving of the Holy Spirit is the thing that touches people's hearts and opens hearts and, and intrigues people and opens the door to more in terms of what God has for us. I love the response of the Ethiopian eunuch when, when, when Philip is, is uh, he, you know, the Holy Spirit takes him and he overhears this, this Ethiopian eunuch in the back of his chariot reading Isaiah 53. And uh, Philip asks him, he says, do you, know, do you understand what you're reading? And he gets this opportunity actually to unpack for this Ethiopian eunuch the gospel. And then it sounds like as they're driving along in the chariot, that they pass some water, and the eunuch says, well, well, what's to stop me getting baptized right now? And they just pull up. Who knows what that water was? You know, you don't know whether it was a dirty, muddy puddle or whatever, but the point is, it's that immediate response, right? So if this is the deal, then I want in, and I don't have to wait for it. Actually, it's available. It's on the table for right now. And the two things I want to I wanna highlight is, like, can you can you... You know, do you have the Holy Spirit when you're saved? Absolutely. You can't be saved without the Holy Spirit. But I think the point is that when we don't press in for baptism, when we don't press into, in for more of the empowering of the Holy Spirit, there's two things. One is you're leaving something on the table that's yours. And the second thing is that you're holding something in reserve. You personally are holding something in reserve. It's very interesting in terms of Logan's testimony that it's like, you know, you know this, this thing of being in your head, you know, being, you know, you're retaining a level of control where in a sense you are, you know, I think the, the way Logan described it to me is it's like you are so in control that actually you're not even willing to step into the life of the Holy Spirit. And so ultimately you end up closing the door to the Spirit as well. And so I want to challenge you this morning that don't, don't stay in that place. And so there's a couple of things that I want to just run through quickly, just practical steps about how to walk in this. And, uh, and I, want to, I want to say this. This is both for you if you've never been released in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, never been released in the gifts. This is for you. But this is also for you if, in terms of just being able to lead others through, Right? Because I think there is this multiplying impact that God wants to, to bring. If you've been released in the gifts, then God wants you to be praying for others and see them released in the gifts, right? And so firstly, I think, I think there is this reality of setting the expectations, right? Setting expectations. You know, you know 1 Corinthians 12 says there are different kinds of gifts but the same Spirit. Different kinds of service but the same Lord different kinds of workings, right? The word there is energia, which, which is interesting. It's almost like the energy of the Spirit. The, the result, it's actually the result of the energy of the Holy Spirit or the result of the life of the, uh, you know, or power of the Holy Spirit. Different kinds of workings, but the same God works all of them in all men. In other words, because it's a gift, because it's about God empowering us, God working through us, all of the gifts are available to all of us. Not some of the gifts, all of the gifts. So much of it is contextual. What do you need in a certain situation? And it's interesting for me that many times tongues, the release of tongues is so tied to intercession, to prayer, right? 
I can't tell you how many times I, you know, I walk and pray. And let me tell you, most of the time I'm praying in tongues. Just praying, praying, praying. Why? Because half the time I don't even know what to pray. Sometimes I'm praying for you guys. I don't know what to pray. You know, I don't have insight necessarily into what's happening in your life. So what am I doing? I'm just praying in tongues. The Bible says it's a perfect prayer. It's a prayer in line with the will of God. Do you know what I mean? And so there's this, there's this reality that God wants to work all of them in all of us. Why? Because it's about the Holy Spirit and it's about the people that God wants to touch through you, not as much about you. You know, we, we always get asked this question like, what's your gift? You know? And it's kind of like, well, whatever God wants to do in the moment, to be honest. That's my gift because it comes from the Holy Spirit, not from me. Are there natural personality things and stuff like that? Absolutely. The way that God's going to work through me is very different to the way that God's going to work, through, say, through Lorna or Tim or, you know, because of my, my personality, my makeup. But it's still the Holy Spirit working through me. And the bottom line is this, is that if my personality is an obstacle to the Holy Spirit working through me, guess what? My personality gets overridden in the process. Not overridden because it's never the Holy Spirit forcing himself on us, but it is about us making a choice to say, I'm going to go with the Holy Spirit above anything else that I think should be above it, right? So the second thing, so we're going to set expectations. The second thing is... Who baptizes? You know, so it's interesting that it's, you know, the, the, John the Baptist says, after me comes one who will baptize, who's greater than I, who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit on fire. When we're praying for people, let me say this, when we're praying for people, it's not us or the person praying for you that's baptizing you in the Holy Spirit. It's Jesus baptizing you. And the word is baptism, right? Which means full immersion. The, the literal idea there is like you do with a, with a cucumber when you want pickles, right? You are baptized. A cucumber is baptized in vinegar. That is the word. A baptized in vinegar. It is a total immersion and saturation. And so when they, when they say, when, when, Jesus, when John the Baptist says, after me is coming Jesus who will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire, saying after me is coming one who will totally immerse you and saturate you in the life and power of the Holy Spirit. So, so it's interesting, like if I'm praying for Tim, Tim, why don't you stand for a moment? You know, it's like I like to, like to take people's hands, and it's amazing how many times people, people want to grab your hands like this. And most of the time what I do is I just turn their hands and say, oh, hold on a moment. You know, you're not getting anything from me. You're getting something from Jesus. I might be standing here in terms of just releasing faith, but actually it's Jesus that baptizes you. Does that make sense? Thanks, Tim. The third thing is that ask the Father. You need to, people need to ask. You need to ask. The person you're praying for needs to ask. Ask the Father. And again, it's that present Continuous, ask and keep on asking. Knock and keep on knocking. Seek and keep on seeking. There is a perseverance in this piece. You need to ask. You need to press in. You need to keep on asking. And like I said last week, Andrew Murray, who is a South African revivalist, he said this. He said, this may well be our most important prayer. Day by day that we're saying, Father, give me good gifts of your Holy Spirit. Father, enable me to be more than natural, to be supernatural even in the natural, right? Naturally supernatural, supernaturally natural. We don't have to get weird. 
Shondai, Ronda, tie my bow tie or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like you don't have to <laughs> you don't have to get weird, but it is about being naturally supernatural and supernaturally natural. It's interesting in John seven, when Jesus stands up on the stands up and said, "If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink." Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. King James says streams will flow from your belly. Other translations say from your innermost being. And I think the big deal for me here is that you realize that this is not a head thing. This is a spirit thing. And if people are in their head, like Logan was, if they're in their head, it actually becomes an obstacle to what the Holy Spirit is doing in them. Does that make sense? I, I said last week that we're not called to be led by our heads. We're called to be led by the Spirit. And so then, this is a, this is a critical point. Once, once the Holy Spirit starts moving, there's, there's a sense of, often it come, it's accompanied with a whole lot of kind of churning somewhere around here, you know. And it's always in intangible language. There are things that we don't understand about the Spirit that I don't think we'll understand until, until we die. Now, there are things that our Spirit can conceive of that our mind can never conceive of, right? I mean, the Bible says, clear, it says clearly, it says this. It says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. But it says, but, the, you know, but He's revealed it to us by the Spirit. There's, there's things that we can perceive in our spirits that we can never understand with our minds. And part of the transaction that has to happen, it says, you know, in Romans 8, it says this, the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, right? So when you are being led by the Spirit, you inadvertently fulfill the righteous requirements of the law, which is an amazing thing and worth another message. But anyway, for those who are according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. If you're reading along in the NIV, you'll notice some differences because the NIV says those who are, you know, according to the Spirit, have their minds set on the Spirit. And it's such a passive voice in the NIV. It's like, who sets your mind? You know what I mean? You set your mind. And so the NASB where it says, those who are according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. As, as you're being prayed for, it's like the Holy Spirit starts to stir. What you're doing is as an act of choice, you're saying, okay, I'm going to give way or I'm going to put my attention on what the Holy Spirit is doing in me. In other words, I'm going to set my mind on what the Holy Spirit is working in me and give way to that, you know, agree to that, give expression to that. Honestly, sometimes, sometimes from a prayer perspective, you know, Romans 8, verse 26, it says the Holy Spirit intercedes for us that with groans that words cannot express. Sometimes there are no words. And it just comes out like, ah, oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> because it's, it's beyond words. It's beyond where we can get to from a word's perspective, right? And so the, the, the life of the Holy Spirit comes and enables us, in a sense, to transcend the natural, to go beyond the natural, right? This is a pivotal point, especially in this context, because so much, so much of what we understand 
over the years, you know what I mean? Especially when you've been a Christian for a long time, so much of what we, what we are involved in is an intellectual pursuit. You know, your study of the word, you know, your pursuit of God, it's an intellectual pursuit. And really what God wants us to do is to say, yes, there is an intellectual peace, but those who are after the Spirit set their minds on the Spirit. It's a choice of yours. God's not going to do it for you. It's your choice. He will not violate it, to be honest. He will not force it on you. Your, cho- your ability to choose is your crowning faculty, is your royal faculty, right? It's through your ability to choose that you even get saved, right? God doesn't violate your choice to get you saved. The same thing is he doesn't violate your choice in the context of you stepping into more of the Holy Spirit. There is a laying on of hands that can help you to be released in the Spirit. And I think that's much more just about, about mutual impartation, about stirring faith, right? You don't have to have someone lay hands on you in order to be baptized in the Spirit. I was sitting at home on my bed by myself. Nobody touched me. And I started speaking in tongues. Let me tell you, it would have been great to have someone there because it took me six months to figure out what was going on. And so it's this mutual, this, this encouragement in the body, right, of standing alongside each other to, and stirring faith. Faith is like a lightning rod. Faith is like a lightning rod. My, my, my last point, faith is like a lightning rod. God doesn't really care who has the faith, but there needs to be faith there. If you read through Matthew 8 and 9, it's intriguing just to, to ask the question, who has the faith? Because it's a list of miracles. When Jesus, when, when the friends lowered the paralytic through the roof, what does Jesus say? You know, who had the faith in that equation? And it says, when Jesus saw the faith of the friends, he healed the paralytic. It wasn't even Jesus saying, I got faith for you to be healed. It wasn't even Jesus saying that. He was saying, the friends have got faith for this guy to be healed, therefore God breaks through. A, there is a faith piece to it, right? God doesn't really kind of care where the faith comes from to some degree, but there needs to be faith in the equation, almost as the catalyst for the life and power of God, right? And so, uh, and so yeah, let me, let me unpack that a little bit, and then we're going to pray. How are we doing? Badly. 55. <laughs> I'm trying to motor through this stuff so we can pray. We can pray. Um, let me unpack that a little bit. If it's by faith, it is always, there is always a risk. Always a risk. Jesus says to Peter, step out of the boat. There is always a stepping out of the boat. And with that, God anticipates that we're going to act regardless of what's happening in our emotions or our senses or our physical feelings, etc. In other words, God's saying, act on the basis of what I tell you of my word, not about what you feel. And so the risk, the risk in terms of Peter stepping out the boat, everything from a senses perspective is screaming the opposite. You shouldn't do this. This is nuts. This is crazy. Don't do it. But Jesus says, come. 
And it would be very easy for Peter to say, well, just level out all the waves and turn it into rock, and then I'll climb out. But actually, the bottom line is God only does it as Peter's foot touches the water. There's a whole long journey from the boat, out the boat, before Peter's foot even touches the water, where actually it's by, by faith in spite of senses, right? And so don't, don't underestimate this reality of encouraging people that there is a risk. And secondly, faith has nothing to do with passivity. Faith is an active choice, not passive. You're not waiting for God to do something to you. You're stepping out in the light of what God has said, what God has said to you, right? If it's passive, then really what we're saying is we are automaton, we are robots, and God is just acting on us. No, it's never like that. It is you acting and God undertaking with you. And so those are critical things for us to understand. The last thing, and we lost the connection, but the last thing is this, is rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat. This is not a one-time deal. This is not a one-time deal. This is day by day. You know, in, in, uh, in Ephesians it says this, do not be drunk on wine, be filled with the Spirit. And the word, the, the be, the verb there is present continuous. In other words, be being filled with the Spirit. Be being filled with the Spirit. Uh, you know, a good friend of ours used to say this, we leak. <clears throat> God pours out His Spirit on us, we leak. Through the circumstances of the day, you have a tough day at work or whatever, you know what I mean? You, you, you know, you, you're fighting with your wife or you're, you're ch- you know, struggling with your teenage kids or whatever it is. <clears throat> or your little kids for that matter. You're exhausted from chasing your little kids around the house all the time. Whatever it is, we leak. And actually the bottom line is that actually it's a lifestyle thing to say actually this process is something that we want to walk in on a day-by-day basis. right? That every day. We're walking in more. Every day we trust in God to break through to another level. Every day we trust in God to appropriate more of the gifts and the life and the power of the Holy Spirit. It is a one-time deal. It starts one day and then it carries through, right? One day forever. That one day again and again and again. This daily empowering and baptizing of the Holy Spirit.